Okay, first of all, to clarify what Aaron just said, I just, we, <laughs> like, it is mission fucking critical to me that we clarify what we just said. Welcome to Mortified, the Friendship Quest, a podcast where two long-distance friends bounce media recommendations, all in hopes the other will like it. I'm Aaron. And I'm a debutante at a toga sale. And this week, we split up and run galactic circles around one another as we talk about Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep. Before we find two adults to take us to Disney Town, remember you can help us on Mortified, the Legitimacy Quest by subscribing to us on YouTube, iTunes, or Spotify, signing up for our monthly newsletter through the link in our show notes, or following us on Twitter and Tumblr, at Mortified Pod. Layla. Aaron. We have just finished watching the final part of Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep. Uh, we we're, it's, it's that time of the month again, folks, where me and Layla <laughs> watch a, a, an entire video game cutscene for, um, for a Kingdom Hearts for game. For you. For you, we the do listeners. It for you. Um, I'm sure all of our listeners are as deeply invested in Kingdom Hearts lore as we are. At this well, point, they, they have to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if they weren't before, they are now. Um, so, Birth by Sleep is such a strange one in the Kingdom Hearts franchise. An already strange franchise. Um, but yeah, this is the fourth game that we've covered now. One, Chain of Memories. Two, and now Birth by Sleep. Um, so yeah, it's it's definitely a departure for the series, right? We've got three protagonists instead of just the one um but yeah i I mean before we really get into it how did you what are your feelings about it i love it i think it's one of my favorite ones yeah definitely um i like a lot of the stuff that they're doing with it i think like we've talked about the the pacing is just unbelievable um and not in a good way it's it's so hard to keep all of the various you know timelines and strands <laughs> connected and a lot of the stuff does not make sense as far as like who's doing what um but I, I am so happy that they tried, firstly, and secondly, that they, you know, they do pull off a lot of very interesting narrative beats and and showing different, you know, like, sides of everybody's story. And and so I am very happy that they, they gave it a shot, because it's, it's interesting, certainly. How do I put this? It feels like somebody telling you about a Kingdom Hearts game. Like, the pacing is just so fast and so insane that it just, it literally just feels like a retelling of a Kingdom Hearts game from someone else. Yeah, I mean, it, it's exactly like what it would be like if you're like, okay, so if the first thing you gotta know is that there's these three <laughs> anime characters, and also, they they find Lilo and Stitch at one point, and then it just goes on and on, and it's, it is frenetic and strange, but also I think that it's, it's arguably one of the best implementations of the Disney worlds with these anime characters, um, and, and, and we'll get into that. Um, do you want to try to summarize the story of Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep? I think your note in the outline is really great, which is three teens have an extremely bad week. Um, the TLDR on this game is, um, it is about a new trio, Terra, Aqua, and Ventus. Um, and the fun part about Terra, Aqua, and Ventus is that their dynamic is a little bit different, which is to say Terra and Aqua kind of adopt Ventus, which is very cute. Um, but the three of them are training under Master Ericus, who is Mark Hamill. Ericus is, is the opposite of Xanort and their boyfriends. And uh, 
Xehanort comes to watch Terra and Aqua take the Keyblade Master exam. It goes poorly. And then um, Yen Sid calls and says there's trouble. And he, Ericus has to send Terra and Aqua out on a mission. And Ventus runs away because Vanitas <laughs> tells Ventus that Terra's going to leave him forever. Did I get it? I mean, that's about as good as we were going to get, I think. <laughs> Great. That's the game. So let's break down the characters real quick. Um, Ventus, uh, who, if you know anything about Kingdom Hearts, no- looks exactly like Roxas um, from Kingdom Hearts 2. Uh, you describe him as a sweet baby, perfect in every way. I stand by that description. Yes, he's a very cute... He's he, he's played younger than Terra and Aqua. Like, I feel like he is maybe 12 or 13, whereas they are, you know, like, early 20-year-olds, I, I feel like. Like, yeah, I would maybe give him 22, 14. 20... Yeah. Yeah, I would give him 14, maybe. But yeah, he's played a lot younger um, than the other two. Yeah, um, but he, you know, he he loves his friends, um, his friends slash parents, um, and he he's very cute. He does a cool thing where he holds his keyblade backwards, so like the blade is like running parallel to his arm, which is very interesting. Um, so he does like that cool backwards uh, hand style. Um, but yeah, he he's a, he's an interesting character. Um, oh, there's just one like little thing we forgot to mention is that he's also a being of pure light because all the darkness got stripped out of him to create an alternate evil form of him who is the aforementioned Vanitas. um but that's not important at all so don't worry about that uh he is by the lore of these games a disney princess huh tell me i'm wrong my kingdom hearts lore brain just like exploded but um <laughs> hmm, he tell me i'm wrong i, I mean he's not a woman is the problem <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. Listen, (laughs) you know how gendered and terrible the Kingdom Hearts franchise is. That's true. So that is the only reason he's not, does not qualify to be a princess of heart. I would love it if that's how (laughs) Kingdom Hearts 3 was like, oh, by the way, Ventus technically is a princess of heart. And everyone's like, oh, okay, good point. Which would then technically make Sora a princess of heart because Ventus goes to sleep in Sora. Uh, but then there's like uh, Sora turned into a, a heartless, which implies that he did have darkness in him, and we can't we can't, <laughs> can't get into it yet. <clears throat> I love so, these names. Ventus has a father, and his name is Terra, and he's dumb as shit. <laughs> he's so fucking stupid. Um, he, you Terra know, just <laughs> walks into castles and asks Maleficent for direction. <laughs> He shows up to a new world and goes, hmm, who is the evilest person there? I'm going to ask them for help. And they're going to be like, hey, little wench with a huge ass, uh, how about you go do this great thing for me? Uh, and it, by great thing, I mean murder someone. He's like, I I guess? Okay? That the seems queen of the wrong. Snow White world, literally, he's like, oh, do you want me to go get Snow White's heart for you? And the queen is like, no, I'm the fucking only radiant light in this world. I want you to kill her. 
<laughs> she straight up says, I want you to take her life, which is like <laughs> extremely direct. And Tara's just like, this seems wrong, but I guess I'll go investigate this lady anyway. <laughs> he's so dumb. He's so fucking stupid. Holy shit. There's one point where he's in the Peter Pan world and uh, the kids have a treasure chest and he's like, hey, you don't have to put gold in there. You can just put whatever's important to you and that can be your treasure. Or no, they tell him that. They're like, oh, we mm-hmm. don't give a shit about the gold. We, we yeah. just want to put what's important to us. And Tara just stands there for a while. I was like, huh, I wonder what I would put in there as he clutches the good luck charm that Aqua gave him. Oh, Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. It's like right behind him in the screen. He's just like, I wonder what's important <laughs> to me. So, so stupid. Fucking um, stupid. Uh, yeah, anyway, he gets norded later on. We'll explain. Oh, audience, I'm so happy you get to learn what the word norded means today, <laughs> if you haven't already. Um, it's really good. Um, speaking of really good, uh, we've got our third, um, and best character who is Aqua. Um, you know, everybody in the Kingdom Hearts franchise loves Aqua. She is, um, basically, you know, everybody's favorite waifu, essentially. Um, she is attractive. That's undeniable. Um, you know. Yes. It's just a fact. Uh, but yeah, um, Aqua unfortunately also gets treated like a woman in a Kingdom Hearts franchise, which is that she doesn't get that much to do oftentimes, even though she does have some extremely good moments with like Cinderella um, and, and Snow White. Or, well, no, she doesn't get a moment with Snow White. She just meets Snow White's weird necrophiliac boyfriend, <laughs> and she's like, hey, do you want to come to a funeral? Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Aqua's interesting. I mean, do you have any deep thoughts on aqua besides you know what happens to her at the end i mean not really just because i mean like there's only so many times we can rehash that like kingdom hearts isn't particularly great with the way it treats its female characters um but like you're right the the moment with cinderella is really funny because she just kind of like falls into the mansion and uh, the this is the only time any disney character has appropriately reacted to one of these weird anime teens dropping in which is like the uh anastasia and priscilla and their mom are like arrest her she's not supposed to be in our house who is this and aqua's like wait whoa 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 whoa. i'm a girl i should get to try on the glass slipper actually and they have to like they have to let her do it to be polite and she's only doing it to buy time for cinderella which i think owns yeah listen i ship aqua and cinderella for sure uh there's some chemistry there um Aqua does, like, bodily throw herself on top of Cinderella to protect her. Yeah, it's great. Um, and later, she does uh, protect Cinderella from what I assume was the gore splatter from when her <laughs> um, stepmother and stepsisters get exploded by a pumpkin bomb. But what? Uh, <laughs> They get blown up, and then Aqua's like, the darkness in their hearts overtook them. No, Aqua, we saw what happened. They got blown up. They got overtaken by a grenade. Like, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Incredible. Um, I love this franchise. Kingdom Hearts owns. Um, so then we have all of their dad, who is Ericus, uh, or Mark Hamill, like Layla said before. Um, he has the same character arc uh, as Luke Skywalker does in episode eight of Star Wars, which is that he tries to kill Ventus for a stupid reason. Uh, and for that so reason, stupid. we hate Ericus. Yeah, uh, Mark Hamill, and then he, uh, Mark, yeah, he he shows up in Kingdom Hearts three for fun. Um, but yeah, Mark Hamill is is a uh, 
not great, not great, not great, not great. Speaking of Mark legends, Hamill's great, uh, Ericus is bad. <laughs> oh yes, Ericus terrible. Mark Hamill fantastic. Uh, Mark Hamill fantastic because his career is full of just like playing weird anime characters. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of uh, acting legends playing weird anime grandpas, uh, Leonard Nimoy as Xehanort. Incredible. <laughs> the hammiest fucking performance, and it's perfect. Mm-hmm. I mean, this the narrative and tonal beats of this game share a lot of DNA with the Star Wars prequels. And, like, Xehanort is 100% like Emperor Palpatine, just, like, you know, being like, I will use the darkness to destroy you once and for all. It's, like, you know, very over the top, and I, I love it. Yeah, there's a, a moment at the end where um, Terra gets norted, which we will explain, but Xehanort and Terra have to hang out in Terra's heart together. And it's just the funniest fucking scene because it implies that those motherfuckers just have to spend eternity with each other together in the void. And it's just, it's really funny to extrapolate on that. Yeah, it it rules. Um, This is, uh, I mean, Kingdom Hearts already gets really messy, like, as soon as Chain of Memories, like, pops off. Like, we start getting into weird lore shit. But uh, Birth by Sleep really just hits it so much harder like, they add all these new concepts such as Nording and such as, like, heart transference, and it's good. It's a good it's time. It's fucking bonkers. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, of course, there's Vanitas, uh, like we said. Uh, he's just, like, a he's the shitty evil clone of Ventus. With, he does have Sora's face, which is weird, but, like, black hair instead of brown hair. Um, yeah. He's just, like, kind of an asshole. Uh- <laughs> yeah, he sucks really bad. He's, like, the edgiest... He's just trying to be the Joker, basically. He's he's really just like what what your twelve year old you know uh, nephew thinks the Joker is. It's really annoying. Um, we did bring back the um, three that <laughs> the spreadsheet that we categorized these characters in, um, but we did have a notable change this time. Uh, so in Best Boys, we have Ventus and Zach. Uh, Zach uh, from uh final fantasy 7 does show up and he he is very fun uh he does a fun bit where he almost cuts hercules in half which i was you know excited to see um but yeah you know i do wish uh he got a little bit a little bit more uh, stuff in there um in deserve better uh we have aqua because um spoiler alert uh she gets sent to hell for 10 years at the end of this game uh which sucks um you know we get tara who is just constantly manipulated the whole time. He's always lied to. You know, Ericus sends Aqua to spy on him. Um, it's just really sad, and I wish that he had, you know, somebody who could take care of his poor, stupid self. Um, I honestly think Xehanort deserved better in this one. Uh, I feel like he could have had a lot more fun if Vanitas wasn't there. Um, and just he was just doing a bunch of weird puppet master shit the whole time and hamming it up. But like he got paired off with fucking Ericus, who is arguably a bigger villain in my opinion. Oh yeah. Um, which is why Ericus is in the fuck off column because he or he tries to kill his charge and son basically. So pretty cool. Uh, Vanitas also can fuck off because he's an edge lord as we mentioned before. Uh, and that's what I thought, you know, I was like, that's probably enough. Uh, there's not that many characters in here. Uh, but you know, before we started, you know, recording, I did watch as Layla was reviewing the outline and I, I watched her type the words Mickey Mouse, uh, in big capital letters under the fuck off column. And then I waited a beat 
and then Layla <laughs> deleted the fuck off uh, Mickey Mouse from the fuck off column <laughs> and added a new column, <laughs> which is just labeled Mickey Mouse, uh, which I do agree with 100%. Yeah, Mickey Mouse, uh, we're not fans. In the context of Kingdom Hearts, we're not fans. No, um, I mean, he doesn't do anything. Allegedly, he saves Aqua. Um, but I don't believe that for a sec. He's just showing up and being kind of useless the whole time and being like, no, I'm helping, but I'm actually not because, uh, spoiler alert, I'm the reason Aqua gets locked in hell for 10 years. <laughs> so, yeah. Your Mickey Mouse impression gets more and more impeccable as, <laughs> as we keep doing this. Yeah, it's a disease. Uh, <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I mean, do you, do you remember when this game came out layla like do you have any you know did you even play it uh in in 2010 when it came out i have no like awareness of kingdom hearts between the years 2009 and 16 nope sorry 13 so there's like four years where i was too cool for school you know i like donated all my manga and whatever and i was like i don't need anime anymore and then that fucking orchestral intro played at e3 and all the lights went down and that first trailer for kingdom hearts 3 dropped and i was bawling like a baby with all my other friends when i was a freshman in college and uh that's when i like went back and was like oh there's been like a like a lot more games and all on platforms i don't own so i ended up watching the cutscenes um leading up to the release of 3 yeah yeah i mean i have a pretty similar story which is that like you know i was obsessed with with kingdom hearts when i was in grade school like you know seventh eighth grade but then like the news comes out that this game is going to be for the playstation portable and like i don't have a playstation portable i have a ps2 like you know that that that's my boy that's my buddy uh you know so like i i have a ps3 also so i was like you know i hope that this game comes out for for ps3 and it it doesn't and i'm just like well i'm shit out of luck so i i never played this game uh, you know, it comes out my sophomore year of high school where like, I, you know, I've met the person who will be my wife at this point in my life, which is wild uh, for me personally. But um, like, I'm my mind is in a completely different space at this point. Like, so I, you know, I, I don't go back to Kingdom Hearts until like, you know, 20, 2016. I think there was this one summer where I had a lot of downtime and I just downloaded a ROM of Birth by Sleep. And I played it. I was like, oh, this is an interesting game. I played I played the Terra version. I didn't play all three. Um, but I was like, oh, this is kind of interesting. And I'm, I'm happy with a lot of the choices they made. And, you know, I think the pacing's all, all thrown to shit. But, like, it, it's nice. But, like, yeah, I just, I remember being, like, you know... 12 13 14 and just like watching that that cutscene video um that the epic cool fight from like um you know the secret video from kingdom hearts 2 um and and you know final mix 2.5 uh and just being like obsessed and like oh what's the keyblade war and what is birth by sleep and you know what is roxas doing here uh and all these cool dudes with their sick armor and like there's so much cool shit that uh, you know unfortunately this this game didn't really deliver on in a lot of ways because as you as you brought up um, to me earlier they had like you know no budget no the budget of two dollars in a prayer absolutely there's fucking nothing and there's places where you can like really clock that right so i was telling aaron um there's a uh this is an animation nerd alert i guess but um the first time you see the Snow White world in the Terra playthrough, or sorry, not the Snow White, the Sleeping Beauty world in the Terra playthrough, um, they really tried to keep that, like, Mary Blair aesthetic, that very, like, 
iconic Sleeping Beauty aesthetic, but the problem is that because they don't have any, like, directional lighting, it just looks like a never-finished rendering, and the only time they can make that really work is in darker scenes, like when you go to um, Destiny Islands and it's got this, like, absurdly beautiful painted background. And then if you look at the, the Keyblade Graveyard, too, there's places where you can tell there's, like, a lot of repeated Keyblades. Um, some models just, like don't look great like Sleeping Beauty's Prince does not look great um so yeah there's places you can tell where it's just like the budget wasn't quite there and you can also tell that in, in just the length of it because this could easily be extrapolated into 20 hours you know when every playthrough for, for the characters this is total like a nine hour game every playthrough is like two two and a half hours long so yeah just like consider the amount of information they fucking crammed into it it's it's really a lot but um it's good like it's a it's a good game it's got interesting concepts it's it's pivotal to oh, the it's lore very we will talk about the lore implications here in a bit um but yeah but yeah like so i i looked a little bit into its development for, on wikipedia and like they started developing this game in 2005 like before kingdom hearts 2 got released so like you know it had been in the works for a while uh and then they stopped production for six months because they remade chain of memories for the playstation 2 um which like is very frustrating to me because like i think this could have been a better game if they had those six extra months to work on it as opposed to a a playstation 2 game where the combat just does not work at all oh yeah the the card combat is not good on the playstation 2 yeah and then after that, they switched to PSP because they're like, we're just not going to use as many resources, I guess. Um, and then it gets released in early 2010 in Japan. So like a five-year dev cycle, um, you know, not unheard of, but it is long. Yeah, it, I mean, it's it's uh, it, it does support my theory a little bit, though, that like after Kingdom Hearts 1 was such a crazy commercial success, um, it feels like the studio was really kind of let off the leash and allowed to put more anime bullshit into it. And you need a chain of memories to bridge like a really big gap between one and two mm-hmm. um, yeah and as someone who did not play chain of memories between one and two you need it yeah it's wild so like th- this game is just so strange though like there are so many interesting and weird implementations like we said before um i think it's probably got the best implementation of disney worlds in kingdom hearts like oftentimes it's just like oh we're gonna do the disney world and sora's gonna be there and like sort of help aladdin through it or whatever like and in some ways they still are doing that but like you get this whole sequence where ventus is like shrunk down to the size of a mouse and cinderella like frees him from a mouse trap and she's like oh you're a weird looking mouse aren't you and he's like i'm a person um and then he meets jock the the friendly helper mouse who i am obsessed with because he he talks in a weird racialized manner which i think is probably pretty gross but also he does say things like oh we have to help cinderella uh and then he's like oh yes venven my friend and then he also says things like zug zug for no reason <laughs> um which is really good also there is just an entire incredible sequence where pete um is playing this character called captain dark or yeah it's like yes the dark racer and then captain it's captain dark and captain justice is it really both okay sure it's captain dark and captain justice and they're both like you know he's trying to get votes to get this million dreams award in disney town um 
and it it's it's like kind of a weird strange plot point like there's no reason for it you know i don't know that it adds much except for the fact that it makes me hate many more because at the end she does send him uh banish him to another dimension uh like was <laughs> foreshadowed in kingdom hearts 2 which is um, where maleficent finds him yeah i mean so really Minnie is Minnie is at fault here for creating a monster um, <laughs> and like it's just so weird that they have this entire sequence where you're just like palling around with a bunch of you know very early disney's characters yeah like horus the horse he's in there Mm -hmm. um i personally really love uh so every character gets to go to each disney world by themselves and it's like sometimes they're the first one there and sometimes they're the second or the third one there and, and the other characters have some context for like where they are um Tara shows up to Cinderella's world first, and he just kind of has to awkwardly stand there while Cinderella goes to her transformation, because he has no idea what's going on. <laughs> He's just kind of doing that, like, there, there broom gif from 30 mm-hmm. Rock, where he doesn't really know how to comfort her until the fairy godmother shows up. And then it's implied that he's her body... Well, not implied. He shows up as her bodyguard to the <laughs> ball, and I swear to God, if they had put that boy in period appropriate or like movie appropriate costuming and he showed up as a guard him and cinderella would have been the most eligible bachelors at the ball instantaneously there would have been the talk of the town this like weird hot spiky boy and cinderella um it would have been a lot and i wish it would happened but it it was just kind of wild i still loved it though it's really good um i cannot shake the uh, i just wish that we had that au where cinderella rolls up and then tara's in like this formal gown just like everybody is just like i'm gonna fuck that guy like super super horny um for tara that's also another thing is that tara is canonically the the sexiest person in greece in this movie because he does really good (laughs) at the um olympus coliseum and like phil is like complaining that like every woman in greece wants to have tara's baby it's just like so weird that, that like they just include that like you you would have no idea that happened like i didn't know that happened until we were re-watching aqua's cutscenes just now but it's just like oh okay i guess tara could have just like left he could have just been like bye and just fucked off to greece for his whole life which would have been extremely funny yeah honestly he might as well have considering uh well we'll talk about where tara ends up mm-hmm. yeah that's coming um you know it's just such a departure from the franchise like you know kingdom hearts is supposed to be like a fun like disney you know anime crossover but like ultimately it's supposed to be very lighthearted. this one is very dark right you know we we get uh tara you know his body getting taken over we get ven locked into an eternal slumber we get aqua left in the realm of darkness for a decade but like it has a much more edgy like this is i mean this came out in 2010 right it's very much like 2010 edgelord like oh this is dark and gritty like um and i think it does it in a good way like the keyblade armor is a thing that they introduce in this series and it never comes up again uh in kingdom hearts lore which i think is a crime because it looks so cool it looks dope and like so you can also tell um that i mean as i was saying like it gets a lot more anime so we have the gummy ships in kingdom hearts one to transport you between worlds and they're very like kid friendly very fun there's like a whole thing where you can customize them i love them personally but in this game terra aqua and ventus get their own like super sick intergalactic motorcycle things they're dope as hell 
they're incredible yeah, they're really dope like ven has like a cyber like skateboard um and aqua just drives around in a cool like crossbow looking thing uh and then yeah tara just has a, like a fucking space motorcycle it's it's so fun i love that yeah it really it really goes places but then like on the opposite end of that uh these three anime people do show up in their little anime clothes to disney worlds and it's incredibly funny because it does imply that there was a phone call made to the intergalactic helpline being like hey we don't even know how to source these materials or dice yet who the fuck are these kids and that's why goofy has to be a turtle forever and it's hilarious because Mickey fucking Mouse is the one that's like, no, no, you have to, like, blend in. Yeah, after he spent this entire game just sort of, like, teleporting between worlds and just sort of stumbling into battles. Like, fuck off, Mickey. You suck. Yeah, and uh, just to, like, introduce, I guess, the more, uh, uh, like, again, like, the, the, the kind of ambitious things conceptually we said there was some overlap with the Star Wars prequels, and, like, there is, because one of the biggest concepts in Kingdom Hearts, uh, Breath by Sleep, is the framing of obedience as good and disobedience as bad, and that the chaotic people are dangerous, which is, like, how we get into the whole thing with Terra, right? Fighting against the darkness inside his heart. Very Anakin. Where, like, you know, that's why he's dangerous. He's not dangerous because the darkness is there. He's dangerous because they don't know what the darkness will do and um it gets so close to a point and it just doesn't make it um instead he gets norted aaron what does it mean to get norted i'm so glad you asked layla so uh as you mentioned big bad of this game is a man named xehanort he's an old bald man with the power to control the darkness in people and in the world etc um but he does this thing he has this habit (laughs) Uh, uh, where he will find somebody and say, ah, I want your body. Uh, and it's not in a sexual way. Not in a Justin uh, Timberlake way. No. Uh, somebody has got to make a fucking sexy bag, Zane or AMV now. Stop. Uh, I'm working on that as we speak. Uh, but he does, his whole deal is like he wants to take over people's bodies. So he will you know defeat you in battle or weaken you or trick you or whatever and then he will put his heart in your body and then your eyes will turn yellow and then that's what we call getting norted um because you've been zaya norted because now you're part xehanort um so you know you get norted and that's just the thing that happens to everybody in kingdom hearts unfortunately you get norted sometimes but that or <laughs> turned into a heartless or <laughs> turned into a nobody or turned into an organization 13 member or you get your memories wiped or you get your memories back or you become part of another boy listen i wouldn't want to live in the kingdom hearts universe it seems very traumatic um, but we're having this conversation because in this final boss battle, right? So Terra gets norted, right? And Aqua has to go fight, you know, Xehanor in Terra's body, Terra Nort. Okay. Um, so, you know, Aqua is fighting Ventus and we see, you know, or, or not Ventus, uh, Terra. And we see that Terra Nort has this, you know, black guardian, you know, heartless shape thing that we see from kingdom hearts one when you have that final boss fight with sora and uh and some seeker of darkness and both me and layla at the same time were like <gasps> because that guardian in kingdom hearts three 
breaks free and becomes Terra, and we're like, okay, is that lore compliant? Uh, <laughs> and then we had this conversation. What, what is a heart in Kingdom Hearts? Because a lot of people get a lot of hearts stuffed in and outside of them in this game. Okay, first of all, to clarify what Aaron just said, I just we, <laughs> like it is mission fucking critical to me that we clarify what we just said. In the first Kingdom Hearts game, the final battle against Ansem, Seeker of Darkness, he has a heartless floating behind him at all times that is referred to as the Guardian. That is instance one in Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep when Terra gets norted. So this is Xehanort in Terra's body who later becomes Ansem Seeker of Darkness. He also has that black guardian, Heartless. Mm -hmm. In Kingdom Hearts 3, that black guardian, Heartless, separates and becomes Terra. The thing that is giving us pause is that while Aqua is fighting in Birth by Sleep, while Aqua is fighting Terra Xehanort, so Xehanort in Terra's fucking body, there is a sequence where she flashes into a nether space and fights the guardian who is Terra with Terra. And it and is Terra. We paused the video. We paused the video. We're like, check his hair color. That's brown. That's Terra. That's not Terra North. That's Terra. Why is Terra fighting the Guardian with Aqua? No, the worst part about it is Aaron was on his fucking phone during both of the cutscenes, and I was having a quiet panic attack. And I was like, Aaron, Aaron, that's Terra. Aaron, that's Terra. Terra, it's Aaron, Aaron, it's Terra. And he didn't know. And I had to get him to rewind and rewatch it with me and go, that is brown hair. And he looks weak as if he is fighting so what the fuck is a heart in my defense i was playing chess which is a very kingdom hearts thing to do that's true um so what is a heart in kingdom hearts layla many scholars many philosophers theologists have been talking about this what's a heart in kingdom hearts because you know clearly it's not your physical body because your physical body uh can be taken over by a heart that's what happens to Terra. Uh, when and, he's Norden. And Sora. Because Sora has several hearts so, that pop yeah. in and out of him. Sora, the protagonist of Kingdom Hearts 1, um, is and chock three. full of hearts. You know, uh, Ven's heart takes refuge in Sora's heart at the end of this game. But also, we get a line in this game when Terra's cool armor <laughs> stands up to fight Terra's body, which has been taken over by... Xehanort, uh, and he says, I wrote this down. Xehanort says. Xehanort says to Terra's armor, your body submits, your heart succumbs, so why does your mind resist? So is that Terra's mind that's puppeting Terra's armor? Because his his heart is succumbed to darkness, which we have to assume the heart that's succumbed to darkness, I think this is what you were saying earlier, actually, is the Guardian. Um... And his body belongs to Xehanort, so his mind is in the armor. 
Yes. Okay. Okay. So, so my theory. Okay. Is that, fl- okay, flesh heart, flesh heart, the thing that keeps you alive, part mm-hmm. of your body. Lump that in with the body. Yes. So your flesh heart in the body doesn't matter, has nothing to do with it. It's just part of your fucking biology. Then you have your mind, which is the container for the you. Mm-hmm. It is the you container. Okay. I think the heart is just a container of light. And the amount of darkness that corrupts that container can influence your mind. But the heart itself is just an essence of light or darkness and doesn't really have anything to do with, like, you. Which is how hearts can be transmitted in data, also. Because darkness and light can also exist within code? In this fucking universe. Yes, because there's a whole Tron thing, yeah. Yeah. But then I guess guess then, how does Sora hear voices when he absorbs the other boys? That's the thing. I feel like hearts have to have more than just light and darkness. Like, they have to have some element of what you're calling the mind, right? They have to have something that's just the self, right? It has to have some ability. It's not just, you know, a vessel of light or darkness, um, so do we think maybe the self imprints a little bit on that vessel? Um, what do you mean when you say vessel? Because that's also a Kingdom Hearts thing. Oh, Boise, Idaho. So, do, okay, so when the mind, the heart, again, not flesh heart, heart in the context of Kingdom Hearts, mm-hmm. and the body all interact together, do we think that maybe the heart becomes mind flavored a little bit? I mean, I think, yes, I think the heart has to have some essence of personality and, and feelings and memory. Oh, f- fuck memories. I forgot God, about that. Okay. shit, we forgot about the other dimension of this. Um, wait, no, because, like, mind, mind should have memories in it. That makes sense, right? Wait, so is the heart memories? The heart might be memories, because the- Namine has power over Sora's heart, which allows her to influence memory. And that, oh my god, oh my god, because wait, 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 memories are conditional, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we remember things from a certain perspective, so does that mean that your memories can be tainted by darkness, and then you your perspective on the things you've experienced changes, and that changes your present self? Oh my god, the heart is memory. The heart is memory. Oh god, we fucking figured it out. And, and, that would compensate for the fact that while Sora is a boy container... The boys inside him don't experience any character development because they're just memories. That makes a lot of sense to me. So then, what is the mind? Uh, I guess it's is... just the regular thing. Maybe it's yeah. like a maybe it's like a read write disc. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's just the mind. Maybe it's like a read read write like usb thing right so like the memories just read and the mind writes don't introduce that because that is extremely feasible and we'll be here all night (laughs) (laughs) what if the boys are just a usb i mean listen we're not gonna cover recoded but that might be the plot of that (laughs) game oh my god i Um, like this i like this theory though i like this theory that that hearts are memory as we understand them. Um, yeah, I think that works in this because, like, 
this game, this franchise, and honestly, like a lot of JRPGs want you to have a kind of esoteric understanding of their concepts. Like they don't really, there's a lot of things that are just like, it's fine. You just kind of like interpret it the way you want to interpret it. And that's so much easier to do when you're a kid and you're like, yeah, hearts, whatever. But like, man, I'm old. I need justifications for things, you know? (laughs) It needs to make sense. Not everything. But a 13-game franchise? I just want to know. 100%. I want to know what that lore Bible looks like. God, this is... Well, if Disney would hire us... That's the whole... That's this whole franchise. It all comes down to us just wanting to read the Kingdom Hearts lore Bible. Uh, Or or write it. Or write it, because clearly it needs some edits. It needs some (laughs) condensing. Please hire us, two amateurs. Oh, God. Well, no, you're a professional now. Am I? You're a professional writer. You've been paid to write. That's, I guess, true. Layla, when we are not trying to backdoor our way into fixing Kingdom Hearts' lore by an increasingly convoluted (laughs) series of podcasts, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me at L-E-Y-L-S-E-S on Twitter and Tumblr, uh, my com- webcomic, Astral Heart Comic, which I've had a couple of mental breakdowns during the recording of this episode, is strikingly similar to Kingdom Hearts, conceptually. Uh, so if you like this conversation, astralheartcomic.com. That'll be back soon. Um, yeah, I write essays. They're on my website. It's all good stuff. Aaron, where do people find you? Um, you can find me on the internet at AaronSXL. Um, on, on Twitter, at least, um, you can listen to the other podcast I do at the Bible boys on Twitter. We just did an episode about the 1999 fantasy, um, comedy dogma, which was surprisingly good despite how weird it was. Um, so definitely check that out. Uh, I also have done some writing things this week. Uh, I had my debut in interstellar flights magazine where I wrote an essay about the Falcon and the winter soldier and how I felt like they almost did a cool thing talking about America. And then they, they fucked it up in the last episode. Uh, I also wrote an essay this month about, um, tabletop RPG design and why I think the, um, driving airplanes out of a plane sequence in fast seven is a great example of how you should do that. Um, so if that is all at all interesting to you, check that out. Um, you know, our theme song is obsolete by Keshko from the album Filmmaker's Reference Kit Volume 2. You can find more of their music at keshko.bandcamp.com. Layla, what do we say as we send off another Kingdom Hearts game? Aaron, I'm asking you as a friend, just put an end to me. <laughs> we'll see you all next week. <laughs>